the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? With attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 71 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including efforts by state legislatures to turn California into a sanctuary state for what's known as, quote, gender-affirming health care. That's right, George. You know, just when you think California couldn't think up more ways to harm its citizens, particularly its most fragile citizens, it surprises you. But this time, it seems ready to go beyond the pale in the form of Senate Bill 107. And just to give some background, um, in a prior episode not too long ago, we discussed a new term that has now been wokeized and it's taken over the medical community called gender affirming care or GAC. In Mm -hmm. fact, um, as we stated before in our program, the World Health Organization has now defined gender affirming care uh, this way, quote, it encompasses a range of social, psychological, behavioral, and here's the key, medical interventions designed to support and affirm an individual's gender identity when it conflicts with the gender that they were assigned at birth. There's those operative words, assigned at birth. You don't have a real gender, George. Yep. It's just whatever that was arbitrarily assigned to you by the treating physician or by your caregiver or by your parent. This is the new a lingua fraca, according to the World Health Organization. And later on, it just becomes your own social construct. It does indeed. And of course, this is part and parcel with another term of art in the medical community called gender dysphoria, which is now uh, part of the uh, APAs, the American Psychological Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So, you know, once you're diagnosed as being gender dysphoric, of course, treatment has to ensue, right? Mm -hmm. And that treatment that ensues takes on the form of gender affirmative care. And we're seeing this all over the country. It didn't begin here in the United States. It began in the Netherlands in the 1990s when doctors began using uh, puberty blockers. So Lupron is the, the drug of choice in that regard to delay the onset of puberty in kids that were confused about their gender. 
Um, here in the United States, it didn't exist prior to 2007, uh, according to our best evidence. And it was even before 2010, it was extremely rare. But in the last seven years or so, it's become incredibly prolific. It, it's available everywhere. In fact, Abigail Schreier in her book, Irreversible Damage, uh, calls gender dysphoria and gender uh, affirming care a social contagion. You just mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's kind of cool now to be transgender, to be gender dysphoric. You don't want to be heteronormative, right? I mean, Planned Parenthood wants to throw heteronormativity to the curb. Yep. The, those are their words. So, you know, th- this is taking over the, the, the country. It's taking over our school systems. And here's an interesting um, statistic. Between Gen X and the millennials, the number of self-identified trans people has increased 500%. Say what? And be- between Gen X and their children's generation, who are called Gen Z, the number of self-identified trans people has increased by 800%. Wow. I mean, the, you, this is so shocking. So... You know, there's unfortunately there's a lot of people in the organized healthcare community supporting this, and obviously in the school system, and in the unions. Um, last week we talked about the National Education Association; they're fully on board with all this, and so is the Biden administration. In fact, before she left, um, their their spokeswoman Jen Psaki said, "Gender affirming care is quote medically necessary and life saving healthcare." for kids. So from the school system to the presidency, it, it is everywhere. And sadly, um, it's popular now with a growing number of state legislatures, including here in California. Uh, according to the Williams Institute at UCLA, as of March, only 15 out of 50 states have restricted access to gender-affirming care at any age or are currently considering legislation that would do so. And we know who they are, you yeah. know, states like, you know, the conservative states, Texas, Alabama, Florida. In fact, Alabama recently passed uh, Senate Bill 184, which would make it a felony to provide gender-affirming medical care to transgender minors. California is not one of these 15 states, obviously. Um, and, and back in 2021, we passed a law called AB 1184, which defines a protected individual as a minor who can have access to certain health care, what they call sensitive services, without the consent of a parent or legal Guardian. Of course, sensitive services means gender-affirming care. The real uh, import of 1184 was that insurance companies are not allowed to tell parents about the gender-affirming care their kids are getting through a medical provider organized by the school system. So the first notice that a parent gets that his child is undergoing therapy is when the bill shows up in the mail. Yeah, and and parents, you have to be on the lookout in your own school district because more and more school districts in California are partnering with hospitals, provide mental health clinics on school campuses, and those mental health clinics are really just, you know, screening services for as soon as somebody thinks you're gender dysphoric, boom, oh, we can help you with that. 
And you will have no clue as a parent what your child is talking about with those mental health screeners and the fact that they're partnered up with, for example, here in Orange County, California, it's with the Children's Hospital of Orange County with Chalk, which is a very reputable um, you know, medical provider. And yet this is the kind of pathway they have already in, in, installed in the school system. So in the past, there used to be gender clinics that provided these kind of services. Now it's the hospital systems themselves. So when you see a memorandum of understanding between a school district and a hospital like Chalk, most parents are like, oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. And, um, you know, it, we also see that organizations, uh, special interest groups like Planned Parenthood now are working actively to put their clinics on school campuses to actively promote these kinds of services. Let's not kid ourselves, George. We know that there's a profit motive behind a lot of this. There, There is huge money in providing these gender-affirming care, regardless of the uh, impact that it has on our children. And the impact um, is very onerous. In fact, um, in another episode also, we talked about a study that the Heritage Foundation just recently completed because – One of the arguments by the promoters of gender-affirming care is that we need to do this because if we don't, then children's mental health will continue to suffer and in many cases drive them to suicide. This is the argument. You hear it everywhere. But the Heritage Foundation and others have found that to be completely bogus. In fact, they did a study uh, showing that the state's that don't require parents to know about these kinds of services being provided to their children have a much higher, the children in those states have a much higher rate of suicide than in other states where the parents are actively involved in knowing about these services. In fact, um, in 2010, when gender-affirming care drug interventions became widely available, the suicide rates began to spike. There was a 14% increase in the states that did not require parental permission, meaning it was more readily accessible. Mm-hmm. And in other countries that uh, have had these kinds of services um, available to their citizenry for many, many decades, like Sweden, for example, which is well-known to be the most uh, gender-affirming care nation on the planet. The suicide rate there is 19 times for trans people than the general population. That's a big say-what moment. It is. And, you know, study after study has shown, ironically, that in 61 to 98% um, of the case, kids outgrow gender dysphoria if completely left alone. But what happens, George, if they're not? left alone, then gender-affirming care starts to ensue, including medical and identity mutilation and sterilization. I mean, if you're on these drugs for very long, you're sterilized for the rest of your life. In fact, we have a clip of a young woman. Her name is Chloe Cole, who's a 17-year-old girl who medically transitioned um, from a girl to a boy from the ages of 13 to 15 with puberty blockers, male hormones, and ultimately what they call top surgery, which Mm -hmm. is a mastectomy. And we think it would be valuable for our listeners to hear from Chloe's own words. My name is Chloe Cole, and I am a 17-year-old detransitioner from the Central Valley. 
I was medically transitioned from ages 13 to 16. My parents took me to a therapist who affirmed my male identity, and the therapist did not care about causality or encouraged me to learn to be comfortable with my body. He brushed off my parents' concerns about the efficacy of hormones, puberty blockers, and surgeries. My parents were given the threat of suicide as a reason to move me forward in my transition. My endocrinologist, after two to three appointments, put me on puberty blockers and injectable testosterone. At age 15, I asked to remove my breasts. My therapist continued to affirm my transition. I attended a top surgery class that was filled with around 12 girls that thought were, they were men. Most were my age or younger. None of us were going to be men. We were fleeing from the uncomfortable feeling of becoming women. I was unknowingly physically cutting off my true self from my body, irreversibly and painfully. Our trans identities were not questioned. I went through with surgery. Despite having therapists and attending the top surgery class, I really didn't understand all the ramifications of any of the medical decisions I was making. I wasn't capable of understanding, and it was downplayed consistently. My parents, on the other hand, were pressured to continue my so-called gender journey with a suicide threat. I will never be able to breastfeed a child. I have blood clots in my urine. I am unable to fully empty my bladder. I do not yet know if I am capable of carrying a child to full term. In fact, even the doctors who put me on puberty blockers and testosterone do not know. SB 107 is circumventing state's laws and I've needed safeguards in place so my story is not repeated. Children cannot consent. Vote no on SB 107. It's hard to, to comment yeah. after hearing yeah. something like that. Now, uh, Chloe obviously was testifying in front of a state legislative committee that is considering a bill that has not yet passed in California, and that's the reason we're hosting today's program. That bill, as Chloe mentioned, is Senate Bill 107, which has been introduced uh, by State Senator Scott uh, Weiner, who's a, a Democrat. George, here's what the bill does. It gives cover to parents and guardians of the children who reside in another state that, that, where that state prohibits gender affirming care to essentially kidnap them, kidnap them to California for the purposes of getting gender affirming care treatments. Say what? It is legally making California a sanctuary state and giving haven to caregivers uh, of parents and, and parents themselves who may be separated or divorced, you know, and they're, they're sharing custody to sequester that child from uh, one state to California where they can get the, these services. It, it's just unbelievable. In fact, I'm going to give you some quotes from the Legislative Council's Digest of the legislative language itself mm-hmm. that's being proposed here. Here's, here's what the Legislative Council says. The United States Constitution generally requires a state to give full faith and credit to the judicial pr- proceedings of every other state, criminal and civil like child custody. Now, the full faith and credit clause is a constitutional clause, which basically says that when states pass laws that governs their citizens, those laws have to be abided by and respected by other states. So that if there's a conflict, a state like California has to give full faith and respect the laws of a state like Alabama and Texas, for example. The legislation goes on to say, existing law like the Uniform Criminal Extradition Act requires the extradition of a person charged with a crime in another state, like for domestic violence or child abuse. Mm -hmm. Well, George, 
SB 107 completely flouts both of those laws. It would ignore the full faith and credit to another state's child custody, health, or family-related laws in the case of gender-affirming care. It would ignore extradition orders from another state if a parent or guardian kidnapped a child to California for the purposes of receiving gender-affirming care. Here's a quote. The bill would prohibit the extradition of an individual charged with violating another state's law that criminalizes allowing a person to receive or provide gender-affirming health care. This is unprecedented. I never in my legal uh, experience have ever heard of a state passing a law like this. So I'm going to be the late person here because I'm not a lawyer. So my question to you, Mark, is if if I am a parent in Alabama and I'm getting a you know divorce from my wife, uh, or we have joint custody of our child, and our child is thinking that they are somebody other than their biological sex, and my partner wants to now, my ex partner wants to take this child of ours and uh, come to California. I would not be able to, as in the past, exercise the Uniform Criminal Criminal Extradition Act because that is a crime in Alabama. I wouldn't be able to exercise that, basically retrieve my child from California. As a citizen of Alabama, you would have every right in Alabama to press your rights. California would not recognize those rights. California would not cooperate with extradition papers or even subpoenas from Alabama if this law were to pass. But historically, states always cooperated with this act. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Yes. This, this is absolutely a say, a say what moment. And not only for the, 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 the care itself, for, but for any medical records surrounding the care. It would, SB 107 would ignore subpoenas for medical records and other evidence related to gender affirming care that should never have been given in the first place. Here's another quote from the bill itself. This bill would prohibit a provider of health care from releasing medical information related to sensitive services or related to a person or entity allowing a child to receive gender-affirming health care in response to a criminal or civil action, including a foreign, meaning other states, subpoena based on another state's law that authorizes a person to bring a civil or criminal action against a person or entity that allows a child to receive gender-affirming health care. So this is in-your-face Language, legal language. Yeah, so this is no longer having states that are part of the same union with some, you know, reciprocal respect for each other. We're we're behaving like two separate countries. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, this it tells law enforcement to actually not cooperate with the law enforcement of other states that are seeking to enforce its laws. Here's another quote, George. The bill, quote, the bill would prohibit law enforcement agencies from making or intentionally participating in the arrest of an individual pursuant to an out-of-state arrest warrant based on another state's laws providing, receiving, or allowing a child to receive gender-affirming Healthcare. Wow. It would encourage California courts to assume jurisdiction for a child getting gender affirming care in California 
where it otherwise would be considered an inconvenient form. So it's actually telling judicial officers, courts, you also have to be on board. So if there's a dispute in a case with a child that's here in California to get this kind of care, you have to, court, you have to take jurisdiction over this matter to make sure that that child does indeed get the gender-affirming care that California wants it to have. Yeah, it's incredible. Here's another quote. The bill would additionally prohibit a court from considering the taking or retention of a child from a person who has legal custody of the child from another state if the taking or retention was for obtaining gender-affirming health care or mental health care. I mean, Mark, this is leaving me speechless. I mean, this is so atrocious, so demonic. So evil. I I don't know what else to say. Uh, The other thing to say is that it absolutely flouts constitutional law. There's no question about that. And the state legislatures that have been uh, trying to push this through are aware of that fact. In fact, two cases in particular, uh, the famous Meyer versus Nebraska case goes back to 1923 that says the fundamental rights of parents to direct and control the upbringing of their children shall not be infringed. Mm -hmm. And then, George, more recently, there's the famous Troxville versus Granville case in 2000, where the court struck down a Washington state statute which granted visitation rights to parents over the objections of a fit custodial parent. Well, SB 107 would give that same grandparent the right to abscond with that child to California for the purposes of gender-affirming care. So here's another law basically trying to get passed in California that is basically testing our, our federal court system. It is. It is indeed. So to sum up, um, SB, SB 107 would elevate the dangerous practice of gender-affirming care to a legal status, George, never before granted to a state jurisdiction. It would pit state against state and parent against parent. It would enable grave and potentially irreversible emotional and physical harms to the most fragile of our citizens, our children. It demonstrates scorn for some of our nation's most relied upon legal principles, like the full faith and credit clause, along with decades of civil, criminal, and constitutional law. Worse yet, it is a further and unprecedented assault on parental rights. SB 107 must be stopped. And so right now in California, the legislative cycle ends at the end of August, right? So... All of the the laws that are currently in the docket um, either get passed or they they fail to pass and they don't become law, right? Yeah, so it'll be carried over to next year. I mean, uh, by the time uh, our listeners hear this, it probably will have already been passed out of the Appropriations Committee in California, and uh, it will continue along the, the legislative cycle. So. Parents, if ever there were a time to become activists uh, on behalf of your children and our nation and our state's most fragile citizens, that time is now. You need to contact your local representative, your state assembly member, your state senator. Write a letter, email them, let your voice be heard, make sure that this bill is not passed. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. We encourage you to go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org. You can find out more about us there. We have videos, brochures. Our podcasts are there. We're on Spotify, iTunes. Um, also, right on the front page, you can invite a speaker. Click that red button there to invite a speaker. We will gladly come out to your church, Mark and I, and uh, do you know one-hour, three-hour seminars on, on various topics. But also, there's a donate button. We encourage you uh, to donate to our cause. Uh, Protect Our Kids is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We, we encourage you to support this ministry. So thank you to all of our listeners and supporters for tuning in. Until next time. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.